Welcome, my name is Michael Aceta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledged Dogs Podcast. The Canine Detection Research Institute trained a dog to be guided through GPS via a harness. Let me break that down. So the Canine Detection Research Institute developed a harness that requires uh, the wearer, the dog, wear the harness, and then a handler, through using GPS and vibrations in the harness, can direct the dog through searching missions. The dog searching rubble, going through tight spaces and houses, debris, that kind of thing. The handler can essentially remote control a dog because the dog has learned that the vibrations on the harness teach it to go right, left, stop, or go forward. Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Now, how can someone do this, and yet having your dog walk on a leash might be difficult? What is the difference? How did, how did they even teach this to begin with? Okay, now those dogs are wonderfully trained. They have professionals doing it constantly. Those dogs are bred for this job specifically, so that does contribute to it. However, they understand something that many dog owners might not understand, or they might not fully grasp the concept of. These trainers that taught these dogs with these harnesses understand that if you teach a dog to do something, and then you tell them when to do it and when not to do it, it's very clear on when they should be doing something and how they need to be able to do it. For example, you teach a dog to turn to the left. You teach a dog to turn to the right. All you need to do then is say, hey, when you get this vibration on your side because of this harness, I want you to turn to the right. When you get this vibration on the left, I want you to turn to the left. If you don't get the vibration, don't turn. Super simple. However, we make it more complicated when we try to take our dog for a walk. Oh, well, my dog needs to walk perfectly next to me and, and I got to have this leash on and I got to have these treats over here. Or maybe I have to use a collar and all this other stuff. It's very simple. When I take a step forward, you take a step forward with me. If I don't take a step forward, don't take a step forward with me. If I take a step back, take a step back with me. See what I mean? So we teach our dog what we want them to do and then when to do it and when not to do it. I teach my dog to walk. I don't teach them to walk, rather. You teach them to walk with you, to stop with you. If you don't stop, they don't have to stop. If you don't move, they don't have to move, right? They can, sure, but they don't have to. The goal is to teach them what we want them to do and then when to do it and when not to do it. That's what I'm going to break down today. I'm going to guide you through the process of teaching your dog how to respond to anything. If you wanted to teach your dog very subtly, if your leash is on the right side of them, they should be walking further away from you. And if the leash is on the left side of them, they should walk closer to you. That's something you can do, right? Let's say the dog's on the left side of you and you just have the leash dangling between you and the dog and it's on the right side of the dog which means it's not laying on them. It's on the right side of the dog. They might have a little more freedom. That's what that might mean. If you flip the leash and it just happens to drape across their back on their left side, that might tell them, hey, come a little closer. We're in a tighter area. I need you closer to me. You can use words to do this, but if you're interested in training your dog a little bit more in depth and not having to use words, you can just use the environment and things that already happen that's what I'm going to talk about in today's episode. Now, there is a prerequisite. Your dog does have to know something. 
Your dog has to know how to do something. Whatever you're, whatever we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different stuff, the different behaviors that I'm going to walk through with you. But you have to teach your dog how to do it first. So if you don't know how to train your dog to do anything, I have a podcast episode on it. I will link it below. But I'm also giving away a 14-day free trial to learn how to train your dog with Matador University. I'm going to put the link in the description, matadorcanine.com slash 14-day trial. You're going to learn the perfect dog training process as well as other things like sit down, stay, come heal, loose leash walking, name recognition, leave it, all of that good stuff that you need to have a well-behaved dog. Matadorcanine.com slash 14-day trial. The prerequisite is your dog does need to know how to do something. What I'm talking about today is how do we add that word in or that environmental stimuli that gets them to do the behavior so you don't have to use words. But there's naturally things that you do that if you taught your dog to respond to those naturally occurring events, you wouldn't have to use words. Dogs do this all the time, by the way, whether you see it or not. Now that you've listened to this, you're going to start to see it. But your dog does this constantly. Now, these dogs with the harnesses were intentionally trained. But think about you giving your dog dinner. The second you do anything that looks remotely close to making their dinner, they get excited, right? If you have a bin of dog food, when, once you open up the bin, they might start acting crazy. You could ask them, hey, you want dinner? That might get them excited. <laughs> Some people do that. I don't do that with my dogs because I don't want to make them more excited. I don't want that to be the signal to get crazy. My signal is when I open the food bin. But my dogs already know around a specific time. They're like, okay, we're going to have breakfast. We're going to have dinner. And they go into their kennels. That's where I feed them. It just makes it easier for me. They run into their kennels. They relax. They just, they're nice and patient. I put the food bowls in the kennel and then I tell them, okay. And then they go eat. And then I come back. I take the food bowls away. Very, very simple. But they understand the second I start walking in that direction towards the food bowl at that certain time, boom, they go right into the kennel. Super simple. So your dog's doing that constantly. If you grab the leash, right, you grab the leash to go outside, your dog starts running around in circles. They're pairing an association of an external stimulus, right, the environment, to what they feel inside and what they then do in order to get outside. All we're going to do is control more of that. We're going to teach our dog first the behavior, right? You can teach your dog sit. You can teach your dog lay down. You can teach your dog to patiently wait. Now we're going to teach them, when I do X, I want you to do this behavior that you already know. Now, this is the training plan. You got four steps here. Number one, you got to warm your dog up to the behavior you intend to teach. If it's sit, it should be very simple. I'm going to do a couple of repetitions of my dog doing sit. Now, if your dog can only do sit because you say sit, I want you to eliminate that word for right now and try to get your dog to just offer up the behavior. That means wait for a second. They offer a sit. Give them a treat in a different position. So you have to stand up maybe to get the treat or you toss a treat away and then wait for them to do the sit again. Then reward them again and keep doing this until they're throwing sits at you. It means they get their treat and they immediately sit down. You toss another treat, they get that treat and they immediately sit down. That's what we want. Once your dog is warmed up to that, they understand, okay, we're working on sit right now. We're working on down. We're working on doing something else, whatever it may be that you're working on. I'm just going to use sitting down to make it as simple as possible so you can understand the concepts. And then I'm going to break down more examples of this, but I want you to get the concept. So we're going to keep the behavior simple for right now. Sitting down, let's say. Once your dog is warming up to this and they understand what the behavior is, 
Step two is to add in the cue, whatever you want that cue to be. Traditionally, it would be the word sit, right, or down. But let's say we're going to use the leash. The leash is going to be the exciting thing. Once we grab it, we want our dog to lay down. It puts them in a calm state of mind. It puts them in a calm position so that they're not running all over the place. And then we can put the leash on and go outside a little more peacefully. So you're going to grab the leash right before your dog offers the next down. What might happen is they're going to get excited. So you're just going to wait for a second. I'd give them about 20, 30 seconds. They might do their little dance, you know, when they down again. You're going to mark and reward. That's it. Then you're going to put the leash down. And then you're going to stand still. They might do a down again. That's okay. I want you to just go back to marking and rewarding it as if nothing happened. Because we want to keep the confidence up. And if we start adding in too many things at once, right? You start adding in the leash and your dog was confused and it took a really long time for them to get it. And then they downed and then you put the leash down. If you pick up the leash again, it's going to take a really long time for them to get it again. So we want to go back to warming up the behavior. You're going to go back to warming up behavior, build up the confidence. Okay, good. Now we know the dog wants to do the down. I'm going to pick up the leash again. Faster now, they dropped into the down. They go, oh, okay, let me do that. So they drop into the down. We mark and reward, put the leash down. Pick up the leash now before they do the behavior again. It might help to toss a treat away to give you more time. Pick up the leash again. They see the leash. They go into a down. Good. Mark and reward. Put the leash down. Toss the treat. Pick up the leash. Repeat. That's step two, adding in your cue. Now, step three is rewarding for the responding of the cue. So if you pick up the leash and they immediately go into a down, even if it's not perfect, even if it's sloppy, even if it's all over the place, if they did the behavior you were looking for them to do, you're going to mark and reward and reset every single time. Now, step four is rewarding them for not doing the behavior before being asked with this new cue. This is very challenging for many people to understand. Why would I reward my dog for not doing it? I'm trying to get them to do something. Why would I reward my dog for not doing it? Because remember what I said earlier. We're going to teach our dog to do something and then when to and when not to do it. That's the goal. When to do it and when not to do it. Think about red light, green light. If we can teach our dog when to do something, it becomes more clear for them when not to do it. And vice versa, if we can teach our dog not to do something, it becomes more clear for them when to do it. They go, oh, okay, I know exactly when I'm supposed to do this. And they actually look forward to having that opportunity. So let's go back to our example with down and the leash. So let's say this has gone on for two or three sessions. You've had some consistency. Now what you're going to do is you're going to mark and reward your dog for doing nothing just standing there staring at you, doing nothing. Or if the behavior you're working on is staring and standing, uh, standing and staring at you, then you might have to pick something else. You want the anything opposite of what you're trying to work on. So what then I want is to grab the leash. If they down, good, mark and reward. If they don't down, then you're not ready for the step. They should start to recognize the leash getting picked up is for them to lay down. Pick up the leash. They lay down, good. Mark and reward, put the leash back down. The second they look at you, before they down again, mark and reward. You might even mark and reward a few times. Because if your dog is excited about this, they're going to do it really fast. They're going to keep moving. They're going to want to do it again and again and again because they want the treat. They're motivated. And so we want to reward them heavily for standing still and doing nothing. 
Then you're going to pause for a second. Grab the leash, show it to them. They down, mark and reward. Now your dog starts to understand. When the leash is present, I lay down and relax. If the leash is not present, I don't lay down and relax. Simple. Sounds simple, right? <laughs> Sounds really, really simple. That is exactly what your goal is in teaching your dog to do or respond to literally anything. You want your dog to respond to anything in the environment, you have to teach them to respond to that thing. Your dog already does this. We're just now controlling the process. That's what training is. You're taking something that your dog naturally does, and we are constructing a road for them to stay on. That's what you're doing. Now, let me go through some examples here. Your dog at the door, right? This is what I use all the time. This is an example I always use. Don't worry. This is not the only example I'm going to use. But your dog going at the door, you grab the handle of the door, your dog should sit down. So how do I teach that? I'm going to get my dog to sit a whole bunch of times. I'm then going to toss a treat away. I'm going to grab the handle of the door and I'm going to wait. They're going to come back. They're going to offer up the behavior. They're going to see my hand on the door, mark and reward, take my hand off the door. They come back. I grab the handle of the door. They sit again, mark and reward. I take my hand off the door. They come back. Again, I grab the handle of the door. They put their butt down. They sit, mark and reward. And then they come back and I don't touch the handle of the door. I'm going to mark and reward them for not doing anything. They did not sit yet. And I did not touch the handle of the door. So because I did not initiate the behavior by touching the handle of the door, they should not sit. I mark and reward for that. I then touch the handle of the door. They sit and I mark and reward. If you get good at this, you can do it very, very fast. And the faster you do this, the more difficult it's going to be, right? There's going to be challenges. There's going to be mistakes. So don't rush it. But understand, if you get good at this and you teach your dog this constantly, this is the way your dog will start to understand how training works. They will start to do this on their own. You do not need to break it up in like this. They will understand, okay, you grabbing the handle of the door means to put my butt down. Don't do anything else until I see that. Your dog actually starts to learn to wait for the cue. Right now, your dog's just excited and they're trying everything in their repertoire. But you're going to start to control that. Now, having your dog sit down when you sit at a desk. I use this every single day. My dogs kind of follow me around the house, not separation anxiety-wise, but they will follow me around the house. If I go into one room, they'll come in. Sometimes they don't. But when I go into my office, my dog Tommy will typically follow me. When I sit down at my desk, he knows I'm going to be sitting down for a while. Now, my first dog, I initially and strategically taught this to. With Tommy, I did not. I just rewarded it when it happened. It's called capturing. You're just capturing what happens naturally in life. But he started to learn, like my first dog, when I sit down at the desk, if he lays down and relax, he'll get a treat. So all I did was I taught my dog to relax on a, a little blanket next to my desk. I then sat down and I pointed to the blanket. He then went to the blanket. Good. Mark and reward. Then I had him get up when I got up. Then I didn't send him to the blanket when I was standing. The second I sat down, he went to the blanket. Mark and reward. If I stand up, mark and reward. Mark and reward for him not going. Mark and reward again for him not going until I sit down. The moment I sit down, he lays down on the blanket. This is exactly what I taught my first dog in college. If I sat at the dining room table or I sat at a desk or I was in a class or we went to the dining hall, wherever I went, the moment I sat down, I told him down. I paired the two actions together. This is how you can do this if your dog already knows the behavior by verbal, although it's not the best. 
okay? Because you then you have to phase it out. It's just not as fast. I try to be as efficient as possible. It's just not as fast if you have to transition that word out. So I'd sit down, say down. He would lay down. I'd stand up, he'd get up with me. I'd sit down, I'd say down. What your dog knows least comes first in the equation. So my dog knows the word down. My dog does not know that when I sit, he should lay down. So I sit, I then say down, and he lays down, treat, reward. Then all I do is after a couple of repetitions, I'll sit down and I won't say the word down. He will then automatically lay down and I mark and reward. That's that pattern. It's just going to keep building in his brain. He's going to get conditioned. Oh, dad sat down. If I sit down, I get a treat. If I don't sit down, I don't get anything. And I should wait to sit or lay down. Then he gets a treat. If I don't sit, my dog won't sit down. Okay. In regards to what I'm talking about right now. Now, this the same thing could happen if you take your dog for a walk. Okay. You go for a walk and you stop at the curb. You can teach your dog to sit and wait with you. How do we do that? First, your dog needs to know how to walk next to you. Second, your dog needs to know how to sit. What you're going to do is you're going to practice the sit, practice the sit, practice the sit. And then when you stop walking, you could either say the word sit or you could wait for your dog to sit. The moment they sit, mark and reward, then start walking again. Stop. The moment your dog sits, mark and reward, start walking again. Then while you're walking, you would mark and reward for them not sitting because you haven't stopped moving. And then when you stop again, they should sit, mark, and reward. That's how we would do it. What about putting food down? Right? So you're going to have your dog get excited about breakfast and dinner. When you put the food down, what does your dog do? Do they sit and wait patiently? Or do they rush towards the food? That environmental stimulus, putting the food down, could indicate for them to sit patiently and wait. That's what my dogs do. Okay. When you sit down for dinner, what does your dog do? If you only sit at the dining room table when you have dinner or breakfast, what do you want your dog to do? Do you want your dog to go into the crate? Do you want your dog to go lay on their bed? Or do you want your dog to sit at the dining room table with you? I want my dogs in the crate because I want the space. It's just what I prefer. It's not an alpha thing. It's not anything like that. I just want my dogs to give me space while I'm eating. I don't want hair in my food. And so the moment I sit down, and we sit down at the couch with a coffee table, we don't have a dining room table at the moment, but when I sit on the couch with food, my dogs go to their kennel. It's just a natural response for them. Oh, I see that. I recognize what I'm supposed to do when I'm not supposed to do it, when I am supposed to do it, and I go and I lay in my crate. That's what they think. Okay. Opening the kennel door. What does your dog automatically do when you open the kennel door? Do they rush out? Because that's what they've been conditioned to do. Okay. So how would you do this? I'm going to have my dog go into the kennel and out of the kennel. Go into the kennel, out of the kennel. First, get him comfortable going in and out of the kennel. Then I'm going to close the door. I'm going to open it, give him a treat for not coming out unless I said something. Right? In this case, the word okay or release or come on out is what we're working on. That's the environmental cue. You could use a hand motion as well. But if I don't say anything, don't come out. If I say something, then you're allowed to come out. Right? My dog can go in and out already. That was the prerequisite. They can go in and out already. Now I'm telling them when I want them to come out and when I don't want them to come out. If I open the door, that has nothing to do with you coming in and out. Then we're getting a little advanced here. But all of those different variables, the distractions, if you will, have nothing to do with my dog deciding to come in and out. They only come in and out if I tell them to come in and out. 
Okay, so this is what I was talking about earlier, where your dog becomes very clear on what tells them to do something and what tells them not to do something. In the case of the crate, the door used to tell them to come out. The door is open. I can come out now. But if we train in this kind of way that I've talked about, instead of your dog coming out with the door opening, they wait to hear the very specific release word that they've become accustomed to. The door means nothing. And I actually I encourage a lot of owners to train crate training without the door because the door doesn't mean anything. Yes, it's a safety precaution, but the door shouldn't mean my dog can come out or stay in or has to stay in, right? The crate just means like one of the doors on our crates, it was a fabric uh, crate and it is ruined because it's an older crate. We got it secondhand and it didn't matter to me. Like, I'm not going to fix the the fabric door. It's a zipper. I'm not going to fix it. All I have to do is tell my dog to go to their kennel and they go lay down. The door doesn't have to be closed. They can just relax in there. And it's a little private space for them, right? They got a bed. They got some toys in there, whatever. So at the end of the day, you are in control of what tells your dog to do something and what tells your dog not to do something. In the case of the harnesses, those harnesses taught the dogs to turn to the right and to the left. Imagine if they were getting confused. Oh, well, the, the vibration on the right side of the harness, now what do they do? Do they stop? Do they, they, they go to the left or they go to the right? I don't know. It becomes very clear for them. The vibration on the right, turn to the right, and you'll get a treat. Vibration on the left, turn to the left, and you get a treat. If the vibration's on the left and you turn to the right, you don't get a treat. They'll, they'll self-correct there. They'll go, okay, well, that didn't work. Let me try it to the left. Go to the left, you get a treat. Okay. Putting on your dog's collar. Some people don't think that you can train these things, and you absolutely can. This makes your life easier. All of these types of things, by the way, if you're trying to make your life easier with your dog, I created a course called the Daily Life Skills course. MatadorK9.com slash Daily Life Skills. I'll put the link in the description for you. These kinds of skills that you can teach your dog, putting the leash on, putting the collar on, going outside peacefully, having your dog relaxed, responding to you, all of those things I created a course on because if you can teach your dog those things, you'll have a more well-behaved dog and you'll be able to do more and enjoy more with your dog because of it. So putting the collar on your dog. When my dog sees the collar, do they get all crazy and excited to go outside or do they sit patiently and let me slip it on? Or do I want my dog to stick their head through the collar? Right? That's a possibility. You can teach those things. Do I want my dog to slip their head through the collar so that I don't have to bend down and put it on them? Depending on your, your age and your dog, that might be something that's easier for you. Getting your dog to get you something or even having them close the bedroom door. If you're inviting them in for the night, wouldn't it be cool if once you got past the door, they turned around and closed the door? How could you signal that? Well, everyone's in. Maybe you put the, the night light on. Maybe that's the signal. You put the night light on. You know you're in the bedroom for the rest of the night. Your dog goes over and closes the bedroom door. That's the potential. That's the potential if you understand how to train your dog, when to do something, and when not to do something. Thank you guys for listening today. If there's a topic you want me to cover on the podcast, please let me know either through social media or on the podcast platform you're listening to. Uh, please review and send this to as many people that you think will benefit from it. I'd love to have more people listening and engaging with us in this content. Thank everyone. I want to thank everyone in different parts of the world, Australia, uh, Canada, Mexico. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and I'll see you guys next time.